Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to a recap episode from We Watch Shudder. My name is Michelle, and who's here with me? It's JD. It's JD. It's always it sure JD. Is. It's always Michelle. Still, a year it, and a half into this, it's always us. It's pretty great. You know, I, I every now and then I sit down and I look and I'm like, you know... In a lot of ways, uh, I have put more time into this goofy horror movie podcast than I have put into just about anything I've ever done in my entire life. Oh, well, I uh, love that. I enjoy being oh, yeah, your co-host. It's, it's super fun. You know how to say shit, and I know how to be wacky. And together, we make a good show. Oh, we, uh, yeah. We're, so, yeah. So, you know, guys, as Michelle said, recap episode here. Mm-hmm. Why is it a recap episode, Michelle? Is it because we're going to recap things? Whoa, you guessed it. We're going to talk about November. I'm so smart, you guys. I am so smart. Oh, I'm glad one of us is because that means that shit gets done. I'm good at alphabetizing. I'm not good at using my brain. I'm good at autopiloting ABCs. You have to use your brain to alphabetize, Michelle. No, that's an autopilot thing. Oh, well, who do you think runs the autopilot, Michelle? Oh, my God, you're right. (laughs) <laughs> and I made that connection by myself. I am really smart after all. Auto, the autopilot is auto like you do things by autopilot. That's like the most brain. Wow. I'm using right? the most brain. I love that. That's the most brain. That's a hundred percent of that's, the iceberg. That's, that's more that's more uh, that's more smart than smart. Oh shit. I'm so smart I'm dumb. That's what's going on. Oh Jesus! It's all come back around again. Oh, well, uh, this has been uh, we don't know shit about science. Thank you for joining us. Uh, <laughs> I do not. Know uh, about yeah. So if you're just tuning in for the first time, it's called We Watch Shutter because that's how the show started. We were doing uh, and still do reviews of original and exclusive releases from Shutter. But that's not all the shit we watch. We watch a whole lot of stuff. Uh, Michelle, especially, watches an absurd amount of content. And so we decided that we're going to take a, an opportunity every month to do one of these. We've done a few of them now. Feedback has been good. Thank you guys so much. We appreciate that you're uh, uh, you're following us on this journey that we're taking in our lives. Um, Michelle saw way more things this month than I did. Um, Michelle, I'm just going to let... Here's what I want to do. Yeah. I want you to take some time right now, if you don't mm-hmm. mind... And tell me about all the shit you saw this month that you loved that you think I should see because I, uh, ah, man, I have had a dearth of time to watch content lately. And once I get some back, I am ready to watch some awesome shit. What should Neat. I be watching? Well, I, I am just going to tell you that I am now going to start organizing my recap thoughts into five categories. Because that's how much shit I watch. And I did not realize how much content I consume every month until I started writing down things that I thought were noteworthy for the show each month. And I keep them and I'm like, holy shit, there's 25 movies on here that I found noteworthy. Like, how do I consume this much? Uh, So I I don't have 25 movies for you. I then go through the list. But uh, my five categories to organize my thoughts will be modern things that I saw recently that I enjoyed, uh, 
older stuff I saw recently that I enjoyed. We'll give a special shout out to non-horror things that I enjoyed. And then just some horror news I'm excited about, as well as just a special little bonus bit of comics, manga, and books. This is how I'm going to Here's my thoughts. first question on, yep. about your categories, Michelle. First of all, uh, I totally get it, and I'm not surprised. Uh, <laughs> I do a lot of organizing as well, uh, probably for different reasons than you do, but the end product is the same. So cheers to you on your organizational structure. Here's the question I have to know, though. You said one of your categories was going to be like new or recent things. Mm -hmm. Your other category was going to be older things. Mm -hmm. How far back does older things start? What qualifies as recent? Well, obviously, I know what new is, but what qualifies as recent? Recent, for the sake of today's episode, will be 2022 and 2023. However, just okay. a month from now, it could be 2023 and 2024. Maybe I'll sneak some 2022 in there because I'll forget what year we're in. Um, everything before that is a pretty clear cut line because the next oldest thing is 2015. And that's definitely okay. Nice. Yeah. Well, and I'm that works for me too because because uh, what I was going to say is if I, if I was going to pinpoint it, uh, I would say anything like like post COVID. <laughs> so oh, like no. even even 2020, like 2020 forward. Uh, mm -hmm. So you'd have like four full years of stuff there. Ooh, but, I do like uh, that. I, I like having yeah. a set number to go off of because my brain can't function otherwise. And well, and then, yeah, let's, well, let's do it that way. The easiest, <laughs> it, you know, the, these are, are pre-COVID movies that I loved <laughs> and, and post-COVID movies. That, that's how the world is going to, you that. know, there were, it, it eventually became like the pre-9-11 and the post-9-11 oh, world. Now it's the yeah. pre-COVID and the post-COVID world. And the U.S. government completely fucking mishandled both of them. Oh. We're not going to talk about that on the podcast. That's not what we're here you for. You brought it Michelle. up. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm just, I'm reining myself in. I'm not yelling mm -hmm. at you, Michelle. I'm I yelling know. at myself. I'm, I gotta, I gotta, stop, JD. <laughs> All right, so tell us about some awesome movies. Yeah, and I figure categorizing it this way will work really well because I try to keep up on new releases. And chances are you probably won't have seen the new things, so I can just yeah. tell you about things. I was just gonna bit. say if yeah. uh, like if I'm allowed to, I think that's the best place to start mm -hmm. because a bigger chance that if it's an older or a classic thing that I've seen it. Exactly. So yeah, if I, if I, if I if we're on the same wavelength here. Sympatico or, or it's, perfect. It's, it's gonna, yeah, it's great. Go ahead. Okay. For so, the third time. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So my new things, post-COVID movies, post-COVID era of horror. Um, I saw five things I would consider noteworthy from recent years. One of them finally got around to seeing Dark Harvest. I am not a creature feature person. Usually I see a monster. I'm disappointed by the design. They show the monster too much and I just don't love it. That was a discussion we had when we were talking about Cobweb, how I just don't want to see the monster. It never lives up to the expectations. Dark Harvest, I was amazed how much I liked that movie. It is beyond gory. The creature does not look realistic but does look very fun i enjoy the design despite not being you know realistic cgi and i think that kind of added a good layer to it also the guy who plays the sheriff i am absolutely in love with he was moriarty in sherlock 
And uh, I just, I loved Dark Harvest in a way that I did not expect to. And it's going on my list for uh, our 2023 best horror recap. I fucking love that movie. That was great. Awesome. It's a, it's a movie that I've heard uh, quite a bit about. I, I haven't seen it uh, yet. I'm very much looking forward to it. So I will put that one on the on the list to get around to as soon as I can. Uh, awesome. When you were talking about how it's a creature feature where you, you actually are not off. I'm very much the same, right? If you're doing a creature feature, like the creature's got to kill it, right? And, you know, no, no pun intended. Uh, and, and the first thing that jumped to mind is, man, do you remember that Children of the Corn remake? Oh, yeah. God. Yeah, oh. I do. Anyway. Let's not talk about uh, that. Uh, well, you put it in my brain, and I wanted to make sure that uh, if I had to think about it, you had to think about it too. Uh, but no, I, that's glad. I'm glad to hear that. This, like I said, this is one that I was uh, I was really excited to see uh, and have heard a lot about. So yeah, we'll be checking it out. What do you got next? Great. Uh, next, just because it's the most recent thing I've seen that really shook my world, Thanksgiving from Eli Roth was fantastic. I thought. And this is, I've been taking movie notes lately. I feel like I should start doing movie logs because I wind up watching a movie getting halfway through and then realizing I've seen it before. I'm terrible at remembering what I've watched. Um, then I'll remember every detail from it. But it's just, I, I need to be able to look and be like, did I see this? Do I think it's worth rewatching? Um, and Thanksgiving, I uh, this is one of the ones where I realized I should just stop trying to guess what movies are going to be like before I go into them. I thought this was going to attempt to be scary. I had not seen the short that it's actually based on before. Um, so I did not expect, you know, campy, hilarious horror and I had a blast with Thanksgiving. Went to see it in the theater, laughed my ass off for all the right reasons. Um, super fucking gory. Did not expect that either. Also, um, I'm going to be very, very spoiler free about this, but I will say the first 10, 15 minutes set you up for a kind of different movie that I now want a full length version of. That is just what happens in the first 10 to 15 minutes. And I, since I didn't know anything about this movie, I thought it was going to be that full movie. And then when it turns into something else, I was like, oh, but the something else it turns into is good. Um, just grand, just a grand old time, laugh my ass off and for like in the way of like, holy shit, I can't believe that happened. Just like giggling. Um, great, great, great movie. Loved it. Love Eli Roth. Yeah, I've, I've heard a lot of positive things about that from a variety of people that I know who have seen it. Uh, some people, frankly, who I would have expected just immediately to love this, knowing nothing about it myself. It is interesting to me that you said you were surprised at how gory it was. I mean, it is an Eli Roth film. Are you not familiar with the man's, well, uh, with the man's uh, filmography? There's yeah, still some <laughs> stuff that I was surprised by and very happy. I mean, I didn't expect him to do Hostel. But there are some things where I'm like, oh, shit, for a slasher flick, this sure. is pretty intense. I don't know if I've seen Eli Roth do like a legitimate just slasher before it's been torture porn he's done that oh, sure. i know he can do that i didn't realize and like he did what that, he was capable that, of making a slasher do did that italian cannibal knockoff 
Green Inferno that was not and good. And Cabin anyway. in the Woods, one of my all-time Excuse favorites. Excuse me, I, I, I said it was not good. That's that's a rude thing to I say. It, it didn't work for me at all. That's fine. Uh, it worked for me. Loved it. No, you mentioned that this was based on a, a, a short film, and I was like, no, shit, really? So I did some good... Mm-hmm. And so uh, it, uh, it's actually... Uh, one of the fake trailers that was yep. made for the the Grindhouse double feature. Yeah, which I and, didn't know, uh, and now it makes a hundred. Oh, they're awesome! Sense. Have you have you seen those, Michelle? Now I've seen this one. Um, I had not you should seen see them a all. lot they're of them. They're really great. Yeah, you and I had this discussion when we did our Bill Mosley panel. Um, oh, at okay, Valley okay. Con because I hadn't seen all of them, so. Now that I've seen this one too, I do need to go back and watch all of them because, oh man, what a yeah. good time! Yeah, I definitely. Uh, this is another one that's uh, that's obviously on my radar. It's a high-profile horror film. It was in theaters. Uh, I don't know if it even still is, but uh, it's, only been uh, it's a one week. that I especially uh, uh, after. Uh, like I said, I've seen a, a variety of positive reactions from a variety of types of horror fans I think is the best way to put it mm-hmm. uh, and so when you have that sort of cross taste uh, success and appeal that's definitely going to perk my ears up and yep so yeah uh, I, I saw face JD as another awesome movie that he still <laughs> needs to see I saw it the night before Thanksgiving too which just added something so nice to it I had that in my mind while this. stuffing my face with stuff and great times how mm-hmm. how do you feel that the Eli Roth film uh, Thanksgiving compares uh, to the certainly certainly classic in everyone's mind, uh, Thanksgiving. How do you think I like they this compare? More. I like this more. You like this more? I know that. Yeah, because okay. this is like not cheesy, but... Also not <laughs> scary horror. It's just fun horror. That's just its own category of just like, this is fun. It's not scary. It's well made, but it's just fun. It's not, it just wants to show you great kills and have like a fine story. I, I would like to remind you, Michelle, mm-hmm. that as advertised right on the DVD cover for Thanksgiving, there are boobs in the first second of this film. Oh, I'm sorry. I take it back. That's the best movie ever. We don't like the turkey. It God, says, fuck that Michelle, turkey. it says, it says right on the DVD cover, gobble, gobble, motherfucker. Yeah. It <laughs> certainly does. <laughs> okay, fine. If you're not into Thanksgiving, how do you feel Eli Roth's Thanksgiving compares to Poultrygeist? Oh my god, I've never even heard of that movie. Poultry Guys, Night of the Chicken Dead? You've never Oh my oh, god, Michelle. Oh my god, I'm so mad about all the words you just Poultry Guys, Night of the Chicken Dead. It's a trauma film. Oh god, I could tell. It's a black comedy musical horror film, Michelle. It's a How musical. Have you not seen okay, this? now I'm it's adding a musical. it to my list. Okay. It's a well, musical. Right, I wrote down poultry geist and my hand resisted. The whole time I was writing it down, I was like, no, no. Please use the full title, Poultry Geist Night of the Chicken I, Dead. I'll type it later. My hand's on boycott right now <laughs> because I made it right. Okay. Poultry geist. I derailed into Thanksgiving no, and poultry okay. geist. God, what other awesome it. stuff poultry have you geist. seen in November that I didn't get uh, to see? Yes. So my next thing I would consider um, very Hitchhiker's Guide-esque comedy. 
very dry humor, um, a completely different flavor of content. But in the way that it delivers everything, I thought this was a legitimately great horror comedy. It's also one that I'm not going to recommend to everybody. It's going to appeal to a certain group of people. I am that group. A lot of my friends would be this group. And that is Landscape with Invisible Hand. Have you heard anything about this movie before? Uh, this is the first time I've heard that set of words in that order ever Perfect. in my life. Okay, so basically um, an alien race shows up to Earth and they believe that they are helping people and they set up uh, what they consider like bureaucratic leadership where they are just commanding to humans how they will live their life now. Um, and it's just people dealing with that situation. It's not really scary. It's more frustrating than anything else. And I think what really works for me is that the aliens themselves, they're a big part of it. You see a lot of them and their design is so fucking funny that when they do anything, I laughed, even if it wasn't a comedic moment. And I think a big part of that is they kind of look like weird dogs. They have gigantic flippers. And when they communicate, they just flap their flippers around and slap them together. And then somebody translates what that says. Um, it stars Tiffany Haddish. And Tiffany Haddish fighting one of these aliens is one of the funniest things I've seen in a movie in recent years. Um, I loved it. I loved it so much. There's a much bigger message to it that I don't want to get into right now just because I think it is one that if you go in blind like I do, you might really, really enjoy this. Um, it focuses mostly on the teenage son and how he is dealing with the things that you would as a teenager when aliens have dictated what you learn at school and what you consume for media. I, I love this movie. I don't even remember where I heard about it, but I really, really, really enjoyed it. Reminded me a lot of that hitchhiker's humor, which I do not see very often, just such dry humor and full of heart. I would uh, I would very much like to thank you for completely spoiling the experience of getting to see those weird creatures for the first time by describing their physical form in detail. It's on the You're poster. One... <laughs> I know. I know. Okay, I'm, I'm like, kidding. it's on the poster. <laughs> literally the first thing that came up when <laughs> okay, I Googled good. it was a picture of one of those things on the poster. They're so funny. They're Clearly not, and they're not at part. all intended to be a surprise, intended to be like, a selling uh, point. <laughs> yeah, they're within the first five minutes of the movie. I love them. I love the design. I think if okay, they had so done Okay, so aliens within the design. first five minutes, but yeah. are there boobs within the first second? No, I'm so sorry. <laughs> because I was going to say, there is a girl, but she's underage, and so I don't want to think about that. She's a high schooler. That's probably... She's definitely not yeah. shirtless. I was going to say, like, well, Tiffany Haddish is in here, so I, I know that boobs were on set at some point. <laughs> I would hope so. But exposed, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think so. Oh. Okay, Maybe I'm... moving on. Anyway, uh, well, what else do you got? I was getting caught up on a few of my TV shows, and I got to start a spinoff of The Boys called Gen V. I had heard this described as The Boys, but with girls, which is wrong. This is The Boys, but high school. And there is a lot of uh, gruesome things that happen to dicks, and I love that. That's pretty great. I can name four terrible things that happen to penises in the first season of Gen V. 
Um, it's a pretty great show. And really, that's all you need to know about. There's a lot of gruesome things happening to dicks. Love that. I would. Can I point something out immediately, Michelle? Yeah. Uh, I find it interesting that just a moment ago, you were talking about how you didn't want to think about the possibility of uh, a, a, like a young person's boobs being in a movie. Yeah. But then you immediately turned around and you were like, oh, not only are, are there dicks in this show about high schoolers, but there's dick trauma and you love it. I thought they were college age, but now that I think about <laughs> it, it might be a high school boarding school. I think I think you're just probably a little bit more forgiving of dick trauma. And frankly, I think that's totally OK. <laughs> um, I'm not going to tell you the name of the movie, but I did recently watch a very famous actress in a comedy film where she gets completely naked and fights other people and there's some vulva trauma in that and i love that just not as commonly seen what we're learning here is michelle just really enjoys mutilated genitalia not even mutilated if you slow-mo punch a dick i'm gonna laugh my ass off <laughs> yeah, i mean so yeah. am i yeah exactly <laughs> So if you like the boys, honestly, Gen V might be better than the boys for me. Um, I think because it has the boys to establish this universe, but it's also its own independent story. It's one of those where you can watch Gen V and not watch the boys. If you've seen the boys, you'll be like, hey, I know that character and I've seen them in the other thing and it just adds a little bit to it, but it's a completely independent thing. And if you're not familiar sure. with the boys, it's dark, gritty superheroes. And the boys is about people rebelling against the government uh, supporting the superheroes. Yeah, because... it's Garth Ennis property, isn't it? Yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah. Yep. Garth I got is on my amazing. list to read the comics. Uh, uh, I have not seen the boys. Oh shit! Uh, if I'm if I'm being told, I, I read the first few issues of the comics, so I'm familiar with you know sort of the idea. Uh, but if I'm being totally honest with you, the primary reason uh, that I haven't uh, spent any time with the show is because, and this is not the show's fault, but it's true, and I'm just trying to be honest. There are a couple of people I know, uh, and that's the only way I would describe them is as people I know. Uh, who are uh, really, really big fans and proponents of that show, and that makes me really worried about that show. And I'm just like, I don't, I don't want to have to talk about liking a thing that these people also like. So I'm just gonna avoid the possibility of that happening. There's plenty of other things to watch. You could just, but watch I have heard a lot secretly. of good things about just it. Watch it secretly. I won't tell them. No, I can't do that, Michelle, because I would still know. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Well, you'll miss out. It's great. <laughs> Fucking love it. Great, great movie. Oh, Garth is. I, 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 Garth Ennis is a is a fascinating man, and just I, uh, I, I. If you guys don't, Garth Ennis is also the guy who created Preacher, uh, mm -hmm. and that is such a goddamn delight. I love Preacher so much. I'm trying to get my hands on somebody who has the complete Preacher collection so that I can read them. I might have a PDF version of it somewhere. I'll have to oh, dig shit. around somewhere, but you give me the PDF and I'll go and buy the whole collection. They're just hard to track down. They have every single one of them at Paradox Comics and Cards. If you would like me to go buy them there for you, potentially we will discuss. I that. will find out what the cost on them is and get you some messages. Sweet. All okay. right. Anyway, so my <laughs> Gen V. Thing and my last thing of modern horror, which, of course, will always be the biggest part of this category for me. Um, this one I just really enjoyed. It was Limitless, 
kind of, but with cryptocurrency in the stock market, it's called Trader. It's from two, 2022. It is Trader as in T-R-A-D-E-R. It is one woman the entire time by herself, aside from voices that you hear her having like phone calls with. Um, but it is her being the type of person who calls old people to scam their credit card information. And she gets really into day trading and will go to any lengths to try to make herself a millionaire and the things that she attempts to pull off. And I will not tell you if she does or does not are insane and the stakes are incredibly high and she's also incredibly high. She does a bunch of drugs and therefore there are hallucination scenes and her doing a lot of monologues to herself. Um, it's a character that you hate her, but somehow you wind up rooting for her just to see if she can pull off what she's trying to do. I loved it. I can't believe that one person kept my attention for a whole movie, but she did it. And bravo to her. Uh, I would love to be able to uh, say much of anything about the review you just gave for this film, The Traitor, Michelle, but I have to be totally honest with you. At one point in there, uh, you, you followed it up with a similar joke about the next statement, but at some point in there, you said the stakes are high. And I so immediately was I, I immediately was like, there has got to be like a, a, a hipster steakhouse in Denver that uses the stakes are high as their like it's like one of those fancy schmancy like hipster weed restaurants or whatever uh and that's their their marketing tagline is the stakes are high uh, they and would I just had make that a thought lot of money. I couldn't get it out of my head well, that's fair. I should I I should be in marketing with ideas you should. like that. With our should. our movie ideas, our t-shirt ideas, now our steakhouse ideas. Man, Man, we are the the Shark Tank people. Mark, Cuban, uh, I got I got all the ideas. I just need somebody to understand that I've got all the ideas yeah. uh, and also have. So I need some. Yeah, so that's what I need is I need somebody with Mark Cuban money to think I'm a genius. The person who has Mark Cuban money is Mark Cuban. Hit him up. He'll be You're like, right. oh my god, the stakes are high. Brilliant. I would like You're to right. invest. I'm a shark. Rar. I think that's his catchphrase <laughs> on the show. He goes, I'm a shark. So, nash, uh, nash. I do want to say, uh, I guess, from that list of, of, first of all, thank you for uh, an awesome list of, of things to check out. Uh, I think ba just uh, of those that you mentioned, the one that I'm most excited to see and will likely get to uh, the soonest is going to be Dark Harvest. Uh, but I definitely want to see Thanksgiving as well. Like I said, just the cross-section of people who have enjoyed it, uh, I'm really excited about uh, but uh, what other categories? Yeah, should, should we do? Should we do uh, something from me here for just a moment? Yeah. Michelle? Did you watch anything? Uh, I aside from the things I had to watch uh, for the the podcast, uh, I, I watched a couple of things. <laughs> uh, for those of you, uh, those of you who uh, you know, I, I believe I've mentioned it just casually, uh, but my mom has been having some uh, some health issues uh, over the last year or so. Uh, she spent some time uh, in a skilled nursing facility, uh, but mom has come home and is living with me, and we're hanging out a lot and doing a bunch of things. Uh, what I have watched is uh, I'm pretty sure every single family-friendly Christmas movie on uh, on <laughs> Max and Prime. Uh, I've watched so much, 
so much Food Network. We I I've seen every episode of all three seasons of Alex versus America. I've seen every episode of all four seasons of uh, uh, Food Network Tournament of Champions. I've seen so many fucking episodes of Guys Grocery Games. So many episodes of Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives. I've watched about seven or eight people beat Bobby Flay, which if you know anything about that show, if you've seen that many people beat him, you've watched about ten times as many. Uh, I've watched a lot of people fucking cook. That's what I'm telling you about. As for movies, though... Uh, not a lot. There's one, uh, specifically that I want to mention, uh, because it's one that's been on my list for a while and, uh, happened to catch a couple of older, uh, podcast reviews of it just recently. And so I finally had to, uh, to go check it out. And this is a movie from 2021 called Censor. Have you seen Censor, Michelle? Yes, but I have to go look at what the artwork looks like to remember yeah, it. So this is a movie about a lady who works as a censor for the British Board of Film Classification uh, during the whole Video Nasty era. Uh, this is uh, basically she has to watch these uh, really fucked up, violent, brutal horror movies and stuff like, you know, like we do. Uh, but then she was one of the people who helped determine, like, oh, are people going to be allowed to see this or not? And then one day, uh, and, and she does it uh, if, uh, sort of like a, like a trauma response, and then one day she watches a movie, and things that happen in that movie seem awfully familiar to things that actually happen to her in real life, and that's uh, then she's off like, uh, off like a shot. Uh, and it's uh, has this is a very uh, uh, very reminiscent of uh, in in certain ways of a movie uh, starring the greatest actor of all time, Nicolas Cage, called Eight Millimeter. Have you seen Eight mm-hmm. Millimeter, Michelle? Watched it recently on my journey to watch every Nicolas Cage film. Oh yeah, it's uh, it, it's it's an interesting piece of cinema. Uh, that's one way of putting yep. it. Uh, but this reminded me of that a little bit. Uh, also. Uh, uh, I mean, I really enjoyed the film. Very small cast, very interestingly shot. Uh, a lot of this was done uh, on film uh, in in 35 and even some Super 8 in there. Uh, visually interesting. Good story. Here's what I'd like to say about it. Entirely too many people talk about this movie in a way uh, that uh, like people are like, oh... You, 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 I don't even want to say what they say because the way they talk about it, they think they're protecting you from figuring things out about it, but really, they're putting you so on guard because you know something is going to happen that uh, you kind of see little hints of it, and then you figure... So I just want you to know that it's a good movie. If you haven't gotten around to seeing it yet, you definitely should. Uh, another fantastic uh, film... Uh, written and, and directed by a uh, a female uh, uh, horror director, uh, women and and, and uh, uh, you know uh, non-binary uh, filmmakers have been killing it uh, lately, and this was another really solid one uh, from Prano Bailey Bond, who is apparently Welsh. Uh, but yeah, really really fun movie. I remember enjoying it. I don't remember yeah. a lot, and I remember the the thing that they're trying to protect you from knowing, but then your yeah. brain goes there. So yeah, yeah, uh, it's, yeah that's what happens. I, I think that's why 
Like a movie like Saw that I've talked about before. My only, like, I didn't dislike Saw. It just didn't work quite as well for me because I figured out what was going on way too soon. And I think a lot of that happens just because too many people talk about it in such a way where they make it clear that something wild is going to happen. And so I was like, like I was watching it, trying to figure it out. And that's a big part of why. Uh, these days, I try to go in knowing as little as possible about a thing. I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to read reviews. I don't want to see trailers. I, I want to know as little as possible uh, about what's going on. Uh, but uh, it, it certainly wasn't enough to ruin the film for me. I really liked. It. Other than that, uh, and all the the Food Network and and the, uh, holiday movies I've been watching. Uh, I did watch, in fact, a couple of uh, holiday-themed horror films, but we're not going to talk about those today, uh, and uh, we, maybe you'll figure out why if you're a smart person. Anyway, Michelle, what else do you want to talk about? Uh, side note, I did promise my husband that I would announce tonight we did finish Saw Final Chapter. So you mentioned Oh, Saw. he's been he through all now seven now, huh? All seven. He got hooked. He was asking oh, me if every Jesus. Sunday we could watch a new oh, one, and so John, we have now seen John, all the Saws together. John. But we get our new TV tomorrow, and I did ask if we could rewatch them because now they will be in even higher quality. And he said no, so that's unfortunate. Yes. But I love him anyway. So thank you, John. That's yeah. that was the right that was the right decision. I guess I disagree. But <laughs> I'm excited for my new TV. We'll talk All right, about so that. So Michelle, tell me about tell me about some episode. older things that you yeah. saw uh, that that you were really keen on. Okay, so. Most of these I happen to watch within the same weekend. Um, I mentioned earlier this week I've been playing a lot of Dave the Diver. I got to a point in Dave the Diver where I got tired of the music. I turned that off, just had the sound effects, which meant that I could have a lot of movies playing. And I could very clearly watch them um, with the way that I situate myself so that I can see my game and then the TV behind it. And I happened to spend a weekend completely secluded, locked away from the world, just diving in the ocean and watching movies. And I had a great movie watching weekend. Uh, the one that really, really stands out on my list, I had never heard of it. I almost didn't watch it just because I was feeling kind of meh about the premise. And then I was like, is this the, my favorite horror movies of all time? Potentially. Haunty Pool from 2008. Ugh. Oh, no. Go ahead. Do you not like Haunty Pool? I did not care for it, no. Oh, man. I love Haunty Pool. I uh, made, to be fair, I did watch it uh, at a time in my life. Uh, where I was really like judgy and bitter about a whole lot of things <laughs> and thought I was just the arbiter of all things cool. So mm -hmm. honestly, maybe if I went back and watched it, I'm not going to say that I, I'm going to you know just completely flip on it. I may not be as off-put by it as my, my reaction that nobody who is listening to this podcast could possibly see may indicate. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, it appeals to people like myself who really. This is the this is the radio station movie, right? Yep, yep. I was about yeah, to give okay. a, a quick synopsis. So, uh, for people who aren't familiar with with Pontypool, it is a radio DJ in a very small town, and it is him, his producer, and assistant sound engineer. I'm not quite sure what her role is, 
But it's these three people very late in the night, very early in the morning, giving small town news when there is an emergency call that comes in about something that happened. And they are trying to report on this thing when there is very little information to go on. I do think it benefits from being a 2008 movie because internet was not as gigantic as it is now. You couldn't, you know, watch a Facebook live when you had an emergency call like this come in. Um, And a big part of the movie is just their perspective secluded in the radio station trying to figure out what's going on. Um, I really, really love things like the Magnus Archives. For anybody familiar with that podcast, each episode, it is just an archivist, archival, a guy doing archive work, uh, and he's taking written transcripts and reading them, um, and they each tell a horror story, and it is just him submerging you in this environment, Um, and I think this hit on a lot of those same notes because all you really have to go on is audio. It is telling you what's happening it is not showing you what's happening but you can imagine so clearly and I loved it it was a huge surprise for me um I could not get enough and I think it just I I'm the kind of person that I like audio horror I think that's also because I like book horror you know I can't see what's happening I like being told what's happening um, and this just appealed to everything I love about horror and really, really hit the nail on the head. Plus, it's a very weird humor uh, in this movie, and it's great. I legitimately loved it. I think if they had cast anybody else in that lead role, it probably would have flopped. The lead guy himself is fantastic. And, you know, and great, it's, great it's interesting that you mentioned that because I was literally going to come in and be like, you know, I don't remember a lot about the movie uh, except the basic premise, uh, but also I remember uh, a certain amount of what I found off-putting about that movie is that there was just something about that lead character, and it's uh, that that just I don't know. There's something, and uh, you know, the uh, it's an act, it's a performance, right? So I I can't assume that it's the actor. You know, that might be exactly what he was asked to do. Uh, but it was uh, a big part of why it didn't work for me was uh, was that character. But again, uh, it, it with getting that much of a reaction from you, uh, it may be one that I need to go back and revisit just to uh, to give it a fair shot. Now that I'm not such a cantankerous, bitter young thirty something asshole. That's one of the benefits of these recap episodes. Last month, you told me I needed to revisit Possessor, and so I did, and I was in a much better headspace to enjoy it this time. It's very strange, and I like the strange... Brandon Cronenberg likes to stab people. Yeah, he absolutely (laughs) loves the stabby stab. There's also a really horrific squelch that I sent you an image of that is... Oh, oh yeah. man, it's great. Um, but mm-hmm. putting that movie on when you're hanging out with friends, not knowing what you're about to get into, and you're having to like react to it because there's a person in the room with you, 
that made having it to a apologize not... for it because there's a person in the room. Yeah, having to be you. like, oh God, what are we watching? Being that able to enjoy not, that by myself. That is, that is not a movie that you surprise people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Luckily, it was our friend Aaron who I've definitely sent weirder things to. He's my person where if I see something fucked up on the internet, like a person dying, I go, Aaron, somebody else needs to see this, and I send it to him, and that's why he's my bestie because he lets me do that. Here's a, here's a fun thing, side note, by the way, uh, about a good friend of the podcast, Mr. Aaron. Uh, if you haven't seen it, if you go on our Facebook, and I believe it's probably also on the Instagram, uh, Michelle sat him down <laughs> to watch When Evil Lurks, uh, and she caught a, a secret video reaction, or a video of his reaction to one of the most intense, severe parts of that movie that I'm not even going to mention in detail but it's fucking hilarious. He's a very expressive person, so I was like, let's see if he catches on to he, me he's doing He's expressive, this and, but he's oh, also man. he's also very unflappable, right? Yeah, so I like know. even because I send him pictures and his, videos of people dying. Yeah. Even his uh even his flip out startled at a crazy fucked up horror movie moment was weirdly also sort of composed at the same time it He's was just it. it's I've wonderful subject, we love I've, you Aaron yeah I've made him watch all the worst movies that are out there <laughs> so I've kind of ruined that boy um okay. oh. uh, other things on my list I'm not gonna go as in-depth into these sure. I will give a quick rattling sense synopsis for them because there's a lot and they just there are ones I enjoyed that I think should go on the list but don't need as much praise as Pontypool or the recent things um recently watched Grave Encounters again I have only seen it once I'm a huge found footage person we've talked about that what works for me is it is not just like oh my god did you hear that like what was that it's not that like shit gets wacky um I loved it uh I forgot how good that movie is so Grave there are definitely great. a couple of things that it does that I, I don't know found footage uh, well enough as an overall genre to say for sure. Uh, I can say, at least from my experience, there are things that happen in that movie uh, that, again, I don't want to spoil for you. But it's the first time I ever saw those particular elements used uh, mm-hmm. in a found footage film. And I will tell Michelle what they were afterwards because I'm sure she'd love to have that conversation. Absolutely. Uh, it does do the thing that we were getting a lot of in the early 2000s and early 2010s, that hurts to say, um, where they do the distorted face thing that everybody was doing but was never yeah. once scary to anybody. And that's really my only complaint is they do that. And like, I'm so glad we're past that phase because it doesn't work. Stop it. Um, the next <laughs> end of the line from 2007, again, never heard of this movie where it's a bunch of people in a subway uh, versus a bunch of cultists who think that the end of the world is coming. And holy shit, that's a great movie. Have you ever heard what of What is end this of the called? Line? End of the end Line? End of the Line. It was on Shudder. Well, how... Okay, go on to your next title. Yeah. I got to investigate. Yes. Oh, my God. This is That's one of those where I was like, how the fuck have I never heard of this movie? It is peak 2000s humor. Um, 
or not humor horror it it it's so it feels like a 2007 movie but holy shit great movie um rewatched right emily from 2015 which is a babysitter who uh seems a bit off and slowly uh pushes the kids to become more and more uncomfortable definitely glad i rewatched it definitely great the second time around um friend of the podcast peyton uh, who I did not know, listens to our podcast. And I have never felt so flattered as I did when I was mentioning to her, oh, yeah, we did that on the podcast. And she said, yeah, I know. I listened to that episode. I went, you li- you listen to my podcast? And she was like, yeah, I get to choose the podcast. And we listen to your podcast when I'm driving. I was like, ah, like highest compliment I've ever gotten to know that a friend listens. I don't know why. I just like tickled my fancy. Um, but Michelle? she recommended. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there is no movie on Shutter called End of the Line. Okay, well then maybe it wasn't on Shutter, or maybe it left <laughs> because November is over. But it's Fair definitely enough. End of the Line, 2007. I'm getting it on Blu-ray. I fucking love that movie. Oh, okay, I'm, I'm sorry so sorry. I'm so sorry. It's on Screenbox. I just committed the ultimate sin. Oh, Michelle. Anyway, Peyton recommended (laughs) I watch The Uninvited from 2009. It stars Emily Browning, who I fucking love. Uh, She comes home from being in uh, psychiatric care and is trying to get used to her stepmother, who is played by Elizabeth Banks, who I also fucking love. Um, And it is about their relationship and things being a little off. And how off are they? You're going to have to watch to find out. And then, last on my list, Gravy from 2015. Horror comedy. Holy shit. Laughed my ass off. Horror comedy is one of those that doesn't work very well for a lot of reasons very often. But when it does, it works so well. I love Jimmy Simpson. Anything he's fine or in is fine. How the hell was Sutton Foster, Broadway legend, a.k.a. Fiona from Shrek the Musical in this movie? Um, lots of big names and it's, uh, it's about a bunch of people who hold people in a restaurant hostage. And for what reason? Well, again, you'll have to watch to find out. <laughs> great, great movie. Oh, it starts with Sarah Silverman. Just playing a little part at the beginning. Just being an awkward weirdo. Love that. Love me that's, a good Sarah That's kind of what she does. I know. I love it. Um, so that's my older movie recap. Do you have anything to add to the movie yes. recap, or should I keep going? Ooh, you got no. There's one. there's yes. one other thing actually Sweet. that I I want to talk about, uh, and that is actually it's a movie that you mentioned, uh, I believe, in our last recap that I had never seen, uh, and that I actually did uh, go back and watch, and it's a movie called Upgrade. Mm-hmm. And uh, I gotta be honest with you, uh, that uh, uh, written, uh, I believe, by Lee Wanell, the guy who wrote Saw, is that correct? Yeah, which uh, when you told me that, I was like, oh, fuck, I am obsessed with Saw in a way that I did not realize. Yeah, uh, so this <laughs> this movie uh, definitely, uh, it, it was fun. I, I enjoyed it. Uh, it, was, it was good. It was not what I was expecting at all. Uh, I guess I was expecting not, I mean, I don't think you could fairly say that it's a uh, a sci-fi comedy uh, or an action comedy. Definitely funny, uh, though. But yeah. it's, yeah, it's funny in a lot of ways. Uh, this guy, uh, who's the, the star of this film, Logan Marshall Green, 
there are moments in this where he is asked as an actor to really sell uh, some real, real out there concepts, and he is fantastic. It's uh, uh, it's uh, it almost it feels comic booky in a way, right? Like I thought for sure this was something that had been like adapted from uh, like an indie comic book. Uh, and but no, it was it was written specifically for the screen. Uh, it's it's fun. It's weird. Uh, it it, it kind of it, it maybe gets a little uh, a little much in the third act, but not enough that like like this is one that I would definitely uh, suggest people check out, and that I am glad I, I listened to you and and went to see. This was uh, uh, very very enjoyable. Not. Not really so horror-y, uh, for those of you who are listening. It, it, I mean, Definitely it's got a few sci-fi. weird things, but it's, uh, uh, god damn, it's a good time. <laughs> I, uh, I really enjoyed uh, a lot of this. Uh, this uh, Honestly, I think maybe even a little more uh, than I, uh, I enjoyed that first Saw film. Uh, but nice. uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I really enjoyed it. Thank you for putting that one on my radar. You hear that, podcast listeners? I've got good suggestions. Maybe go check out some of the things that I'm talking about. A quick yeah. recap of those things. It's Dark Harvest, Thanksgiving, Landscape with Invisible Hand, Gen V, Season 1, No Other Seasons Are Out Yet, Traitor, Pontypool, Grave Encounters, End of the Line, Emily the Uninvited, and Gravy. Go watch all of yeah, them. That's, a, that's your December that's a watch list. You're fucking welcome. A lot welcome. of stuff. Um, I've got two two things I'm going to mention that most of our listeners are going to hate, but I love. Um, so they are non horror, not even horror adjacent. Fuck you! It's it's half my show. Uh, the statistical the statistical probability of love at first sight. <laughs> it's a Netflix movie where two people meet at the airport and they fall in love and then they get separated. And what are the chances that they're gonna find each other again? What is the statistical probability of love at first sight? And you find out. It is just called Love at First Sight now, but I definitely prefer the original title of the statistical probability of Love at First Sight. Um, grand, grand fucking movie. So that's one of them. And I, my well, other one. Here's what, here's what I can tell you, Michelle. Yeah. The statistical probability of Love at First Sight in a romantic comedy film <laughs> is 100%. Oh, you would be surprised what this movie has to say about that. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. That. I know. <laughs> Does anything Haley Richardson done it does I believe that's her name and I did not go confirm but oh. Haley Richardson she's also the one from Five Feet Apart so like if she's in a romantic comedy I'm gonna cry my eyes out and I absolutely did I was balling it's cute um and then the other thing completely different ballpark kind of thriller drama if I had to classify it as something but fair play um also a very new movie uh two people one of them was Han Solo in the Solo movie um they both work in a big business, uh, corporate business thing, doing stock shit. I don't know. Businessy people. They wear suits. And they're in a relationship. And then they decide that they can't tell anybody at work about it. And then she gets a promotion over him. And it's their relationship falling apart in fucking disastrous fashion. It was so tense. Oh, my God. You would think from that synopsis, like, oh, this is going to be like they fight a little bit. No. Oh, my God. The shit they go through and the way it unfolds and how tense it gets. I was hooked. 
that's gonna be one of my favorite movies of the year not horror not even related to horror maybe thriller because they made me very uncomfortable and very anxious um it's a lot like uncut gems where there's just so much on the line that uh but yet it's not really like a thriller movie nobody's dying they're just dying inside those are my two they're non-horror fair play you said that's called yep it's on netflix Holy cool. shit! I love it just, so I just much. Wanna, I just want to. I want to make sure I know specifically what I should never watch. <laughs> Fuck uh, off! They're both. They're both Netflix <laughs> movies. And they're great. Oh my god, I love them. You just don't like a strong female lead. Admit it. Okay. Oh wow! Wow. Uh, my next. My category. favorite movie of all time has the strongest female lead of all time. Sigourney Weaver as Ripley and Alien. Be damned, Laurie Strode forever. Hang on. I thought your favorite was either Texas Chainsaw Massacre or The Thing. I will fucking stab you, Michelle. Okay. I am so glad I did not get you the Christmas present I was looking at earlier. So, okay, cool. Michelle, I... you love The Thing. I've made it explicitly clear that Halloween might be the greatest movie ever made. That's what I'm thinking of. Halloween and the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, that's why I said Laurie Strode is the greatest female. Oh, my God. Michelle, did this really just happen? This did. Um, well, okay, you go ahead and talk then because I don't know if I can. <laughs> <laughs> I remember Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That one I remember. Sorry. Please Sweet. forgive. Okay. Well, uh, I do uh, actually one last thing then that I would like to mention uh guys is uh uh so back uh 2 years ago in uh in late august of 2021 uh glenn danzig of the misfits and sawin and danzig writer and director of the very interesting uh let's put it that way horror anthology film Veronica released his next epic uh, uh, horror fiasco called Death Rider in the House of Vampires. It had a very limited nationwide theatrical release. I flew to Las Vegas to be one of three people in a theater watching this movie. I believe about 5,000 people outside of film festivals saw it theatrically. But it has finally, finally made its way to DVD and Blu-ray. You can put that order in right now online. I don't know if it's going to be on VOD. But I'm telling you, like if you love trash cinema... And I say trash cinema in the most complimentary and loving of ways. You have to see Death Rider. In Let me tell you how much I feel like you need to see this movie. I haven't owned a DVD or Blu-ray player in four years. I'm buying a DVD player just to buy Death Rider in the House of Vampires and watch it again. It's it's an experience oh man it's it, it whew. you just if you love trash cinema you need to see this film and that's the last thing i wanted to talk about today instead of getting a dvd player you need to get a ps5 
I no, I don't because the PS5 is several hundred dollars and I can get a DVD player at Walmart for 20 bucks. Yeah, but the design of the PS5, the controller is exactly what the future should feel like. Yeah, but Michelle, I don't think you understand that what's going to happen here is I'm going to go get this DVD player. I'm going to watch this movie and then I'm just going to return it. Oh, well, if you need a VCR, I can hook you up with that. Can you get this movie on VHS? No, but I wish you could. Yeah, because I will give you my VCR. If you find Guys, this movie I, on VHS. Seriously, this movie, this movie is, uh, oh, it's something. It, it's <laughs> holy shit. Wow. Yeah, hey, that's a perfect uh, transition into my next category of news. Oh, Lord. News. Let's talk about the news, Michelle. Here's just some quick news. Uh, my first one, again, perfect seg- segue. Terabytes, the evolution of horror gaming. Coming from the creators of In Search of Darkness, they are going to be putting together a documentary, potentially docu-series, I'm not 100% sure, which is about specifically horror gaming. I love horror video games. Super, super pumped for it. What's that called again? Terror Bites. The evolution of horror gaming. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then my next thing is also a horror video game movie. Um, the Mortuary Assistant is a gigantic uh, indie success where you are, you guessed it, a mortuary assistant. But some spooky things happen on your shifts. It's great. It's one of the ones that I uh, watch Brock play when we do our Spookum video game nights where he just plays a video game and then all of us sit around and watch and talk and then scream when something happens. Great time. That movie adaptation is being made by none other than Slapface's Jeremiah Kipp. So I'm stoked for that. And then my last thing, I sent you a link to an article about this. You did not respond um, you are going to hate this movie. I am beyond excited for Hostile Dimensions, a multiverse found footage horror movie. Oh, yeah. I I, cool. I remember seeing that uh, that thing and there was like a clip that I watched. Uh, it, it's a curious experiment. It's definitely something that I'll, I'll, I'll give some time, but I'm I mean, I'm not holding my breath. I hope it delivers as well as, if not better, than the Outwaters. QU being snarky. Go for it. Oh, no. I was too busy. Just wanted to let people know uh, that it's uh, why it's cool that Jeremiah Kipp, writer-director of Slapface, uh, is is working on that project. Is because, first of all, Slapface is a fantastic goddamn movie. If you've never seen it, you should remedy that. It's available on Shudder. Also... Jeremiah Kipp is a dope as fuck dude who sent us a message saying that he really enjoyed our podcast and he said we were, quote, thoughtful, incisive, and funny. And that made me feel really good in my heart. Shout out, Jeremiah Kipp. We love you. <laughs> also, Jeremiah is my name. That's the J and JD. Yeah. Whole bunch of J's going on. Well, that was just the thing I wanted to. Uh, yeah. Sort of a combination bragging ourselves up and shouting out that really cool dude. That seriously is one of the happiest days of my life was just seeing Jeremiah Kip pop up on Instagram. Um, Okay, my last thing is going to be a quick thing because I don't have a lot for this category yet, but I really, really want to keep talking about horror literature um, during these recaps because I fucking love horror books. No, Michelle, this is your... This is really your time to shine because as we've we've made very clear several times, like you 
tear through so much more content than I do. I do, and I did uh, not and, realize. And, well, and There's frankly, so this is, uh, I mean, there are definitely times where I, I, I do a whole lot more. I've been kind of busy this month. Yeah. But uh, no, this also is going to serve as a handy tool for me to sort of narrow my focus a little bit in a lot of ways. Love that. At each of your episodes um, for the recap going forward will just be you watching everything I mentioned the month before. I will just always be a month ahead and you'll know what you need to check out. Michelle, that's not a bad idea. Frankly. I know. Let's jot that down. We'll talk about that off air. Recap. Okay, I wrote it down. Oh, my hand's not working. It's still mad about me writing poultry, guys. Oh, I crossed <laughs> out poultry, guys, when I tried to write. Um, okay, my, my last thing um, is kind of, these are horror adjacent. I don't read a lot of horror books. Too busy watching like a fuck ton of movies, apparently. Um, but I had mentioned I fucking love dystopian young adult literature. I think it's because when you read adult horror of any sort, it's like, okay, these people are going to get murdered. They're going to get raped. They're going to get dismembered. We're going to have like an American psycho situation because that's how adult horror handles things. Young adult has to be way more sneaky about what terrible things happen. Um, and I recently found out that the Maze Runner had a seventh book that came out um, this month. And I have only read the initial trilogy. So I had to go back and reread the initial trilogy and buy the additional four books. So I am on book four of the Maze Runner series. And yes, in case you knew me, uh, what was it like seven years ago nine years ago when I read the Maze Runner trilogy for the first time I was just as angry if not angrier when I finished book three of the Maze Runner trilogy it was such an angry angry time the last 20 pages will go down as one of my least favorite finales of anything ever but book four seems to be bringing it back and I'm really excited to be digging into those again um, the shit that happens is horrific for a young adult literature um, situation. It's like the Hunger Games. We're like, that shit's crazy. How is this for teenagers? I love it, though. Give those kids nightmares. Give them all the nightmares. Fuck them up a little Michelle? bit. Like me. Yeah. What's a maze runner? Okay. There's a movie called Maze Runner, and I left the theater and immediately went to Barnes & Noble and bought the initial trilogy. Maze Runner is a bunch of teenage boys wake up in a clearing surrounded by walls, and the walls open every day. They run through them and try to memorize the maze to escape the maze, hence the name Maze Runner. They run the maze every day, and they are creatures who not only kill them, but uh, make them go through a thing called the changing where they're just insane afterwards and killing each other. Uh, they also just kill each other occasionally. Uh, the second book is one of like, it's, it's fucking intense because they're zombies, but they're not zombies. They're just people who have gone insane. The second book is a lot like The Crazies, that movie. And I think that's why I like it so much. Holy shit. I love Maze Runner. Not the movies. We don't talk about the movies, especially not the second one. But the book's great, except for that that last 20 pages of the third book. That's my so, happy moment. So to sum up, uh -huh. a Maze Runner... Runs a maze. This is a person who runs mazes. Yep. One particular maze that's constantly Does that changing. mean when you say they run mazes, 
Uh-huh. Do we mean they run through mazes or that they operate mazes? <laughs> they run through the mazes and try to memorize them before it gets dark oh, and I... they're trapped in the maze overnight and then things come to kill them and I'm very mad at the movie for not actually showing me what the fuck this creature looks like but they describe it as a mechanical slug that has chainsaws all over its fucking body and can move at outrageous speeds and that they is not in the movie. They could have given you a, a, a chainsaw slug and they didn't. Exactly. Why would I ever want to watch these movies? That's why I said we don't watch the movies. I watched the first movie and I went, shit, I want to go read those books. And then I did. And I went, they didn't give me a chainsaw slug. And I, (laughs) now I don't, I never saw the third movie. I would have been incredibly disappointed about that, right? Like, exactly. uh, Like, I'm, I'm one of them, I'm even one of them dudes who's like, oh, Tom Bombadil wasn't in Lord of the Rings. I don't give a fuck, right? It was still a good movie. Uh, Mm -hmm. If they left out, a chainsaw slug from a thing that I knew had a chainsaw slug, I'd be pretty fucking upset. I'm going to spoil a thing from book two that is not in the second movie. So in case you care about the Maze Runner series, I'm going to tell you a small way that somebody dies who is not a main character just to give you a sense of how fucked up these books are and how they are not fucked up in the movie form. So fast forward two minutes if you want uh, to not get spoiled. Okay, give it a second. Give it a second. I'm about to spoil a book from 10 years ago and just like a very, very small two-page section. There is a thing where they are walking for hours through a pitch black hallway one after another and they hear a voice screaming and suddenly the sound is cut off and a guy bends down to see what's happening and he feels up this kid's body, gets to the top where his head should be and there's just a stump where his neck has been cut off. And then later on, it happens again where a big thing of metal falls onto a kid's head and just starts absorbing it like a bowling ball and eventually seals together as a ball encasing this kid's head inside and falls off and rolls away. And they stop this from happening to this boy and they have to rip this molten metal off of his head with skin and hair coming with it. That happens in a teenager book. I fucking love young adult dystopian literature. <laughs> That's so fucked up. The uh, the 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 blurb that I put uh, on this episode when I post it for everybody to listen to is going to be, how the hell did we get to Michelle giving away spoilers for the second Maze Runner book an hour and three minutes into today's episode? Let's all find out together. <laughs> yeah. Holy shit. The Scorch Trials is... I. The reason I came across this is because I was making a list of sequels that are better than the originals, and that was going to be on my list. And then I found out there's four more fucking books, and now I have to read all of them. And yes, oh. I did rant at my husband for 45 minutes after I finished the third one because it's absurd. Um, And then my other book, uh, I will very quickly cover The Riddler Year One. Paul Dano essentially made a comic book with one of the illustrators whose name I've forgotten. I'm so sorry, uh, but it was basically his notes and his story he came up with before portraying the Riddler in the Batman. Um, and Batman. If you enjoy it as just additional content, not its own individual story, like if you pick this up expecting a solid, well thought out story comic book, you're not going to enjoy it. But if you like it as bonus content from the Batman and it was created by Paul Dano, holy shit, it's a good read. 
beautiful Ooh. illustrations. I don't so. care about anything relating to the Batman. That movie was. I love. Oh, that Batman. was something. That's a great was, movie. I know it was the something. It should the have Batman, ended a half hour early. There was a very clear cut ending, and then they just kept going. The 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 Batman was just. Uh, it was not my particularly favorite Batman. It's probably my least favorite Batman of all the Batman. Well, I don't know why I'm obsessing about saying it like that. That's super Batman. weird. It's probably because we're like over an hour into this episode. Yeah, I fucking love the Batman. <laughs> I like me a moody, angry emo Batman. I you love gotta, that. you gotta, you Put gotta go back on, and grumpily. You, Michelle, you just you need a healthy dose of Adam West in your life. Clearly. Those are, if there was a spectrum Michelle, of Batman, those would be the two ends. Michelle, yes. in the very first episode of mm-hmm. Adam West Batman, a lady falls into a nuclear reactor, a lady who happens to be a go-go dancer. And I know I've said this before, but it bears repeating. Batman's reaction is... What a terrible way to go go. <laughs> Adam West Batman is why I love puns so much. It's definitely like one of my favorite lines what? from cinema ever is that shark was pulling our leg. The Joker. That's one of my favorite lines of all time. And also, some days you just can't get rid of a bomb. I know and about was- Adam West Batman. It was also because of Adam West Batman, uh, frankly, uh, in the very first episode in which the Riddler appears, which I believe is the third episode of the series, where I learned uh, the secret to be able to find your way out of any kind of like a corn maze or any kind of maze like that. Uh, There is a thing you can do. It may take some time. You may come to a bunch of dead ends, but if you do it, you will eventually get out of the maze. Wow, somebody should have told that to the boys in the Maze Runner series. They yeah, well, for two if the, years. If, well, that it wouldn't work there because, as you said, the maze changes. Yeah. Uh, if the maze changes, the trick is fucked. It's never gonna work. <laughs> well, damn it! That would have saved us six books because it would have just been book one of them being like stuck in what they call the grove it's their big opening with the huts and the farm and all that shit and uh it just would have been them and then they get their delivery of groceries that comes in every day through a magical portal that opens in the middle um and they would have their groceries as well as a dvd player a tv and adam west batman and they'd be like fuck we've been doing it wrong the whole time that would that would be a much better ending than what we got in book three. Well, so oh my God, my say good night, Michelle. Don't we have anything else to add? Don't Probably you have more not. to say? No, okay. No. Well then, give me my cue again. I'm ready. <laughs> no. Say good night, Michelle. What a terrible way to go go. Good night, Michelle. We Watch Shudder is a production of Rat Factory Media, your home for all of today's Rat Factoryist podcasts. The views and opinions of the hosts and guests of We Watch Shudder are their own and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of Rat Factory Media. But wait, aren't Rat Factory Media and We Watch Shudder the same people? Shut your cake hole, Charlie. Nobody asked you. We Watch Shudder is available free on all major podcast platforms, and the easiest way to support We Watch Shudder is also free. Just leave a rating and review on your platform of choice. 
Merge your consciousness with ours on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. We're at WeWatchShutter on all those social media platforms. Or find us the old-fashioned way on the web at WeWatchShutter.com or by email at mail at WeWatchShutter.com. Heck, you can even leave us a voicemail at 701-566-9510. No, seriously, 701-566-9510. Try it if you dare.